Good evening, everyone, and welcome to PRT. That stands for Paranormal Roundtable, or Pretty Righteous Time, whichever one you want to call, uh, depending upon how much you like our show. My name is Josh Turner. They also call me Wolf. Um, you people can call me Mr. Turner or Senior Turner, and that's it. And all <laughs> and PRTPodcast.com, PRTPodcast.com, that is our website, and uh, PRT Podcast, uh, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. That is also my email address, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. We also have groups on Facebook, Paranormal Roundtable, Paranormal Encounters, which is Mushu's uh, group. And we also do Whisper to a Scream, which is Ryan Tremblay. And last but not least, Paranormal Lounge, which is my wife Nellie's group. So hit those groups up on Facebook, folks. And if you, as always, we do a giveaway, and you might win an autographed book from one of mul uh, multiple authors. Uh, we have anything from Linda Goffey to Nick Redfern, and so, and everything in between. So uh, leave a comment on the link to the show on Paranormal Roundtable, the group, and we uh, may give you an, aut an autographed book along with PRT swag. Uh, be sure and check out our merchandise. It's sold on the store at prtpodcast.com. We also do artwork submissions, and don't forget about the art contest. So that being said, we are here today. We're recording, and this is a show that we're going to do tonight that everybody has been clamoring for, that's been waiting. People have been hitting me up, and I got lots of stories on this one. At one time, I did not. I only had like maybe two or three. Um, then, then I ended up with like maybe four or five. A couple of them were really good, showworthy. And now I have several. And it seems to be a phenomenon that has grown in the past, um, you know, few few years. It's gotten more and more prevalent. But today, I want to introduce my co-hosts. Today, I'm with Anthony and Zane. You want to say hello? Good evening, everyone. Hello, hello. How you doing? Uh, Mushu has not been feeling well, and uh, so he's not going to be here tonight. And I don't know exactly how much he's going to be being involved with the show. Um, he's not been feeling good, and then he's also been working a lot and trying to make him some money. Uh, so he's doing a lot of work, and then also, like I said, he's not been feeling real well. Uh, so keep him in your thoughts so he uh, gets a little, gets better. Um, he's had some issues with allergies, uh, and his throat's been kind of scratchy. So anyways, that being said, we're going to talk about the phenomenon known as the glimmer man. I don't know what else to call it other than that. It seems to be a, an entity that can, uh, camouflage itself. I, I don't know what, I mean, it's, it's so, it's such a weird topic. Kind of like the predator, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is weird because people that that see this thing, uh, and Zane and Anthony, you've both done a little bit of research on it. it, it they, they say that it, it has this like uh, quality about it, almost like a mirage. They call it like a mirror. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's so weird. I know I got a couple stories, and one in particular was really disturbing uh, that me and my wife had, had fielded from a friend of ours. And uh, I'm going to get into these stories but uh, first of all, you guys, if, if you have any crazy stories about any of the topics we've discussed in the past, go ahead and send those to me via email, or you can hit me up on private messenger if you're on Facebook with me. And I also wanted to point out something that's most important. If you send me a friend request on Facebook, uh, please 
let me know that you're a listener of PRT so I don't have to ask. If you're a listener of PRT then and you send me a friend request, I absolutely will approve it. As long as you're not, you know, I can't I, I can't look at you and then go, okay, this guy's a serial killer, you know, because then I probably won't. But you know, it's like if you're not just just obviously a very bad person and you're a listener of PRT, more than likely I'll accept your friend request. Um, if not, and you don't tell me, and you know, and I have to ask, which is which is a pain because I don't have I don't have a lot of time for that. And then if you don't respond, well, then more than likely you're not going to be approved. So just go ahead and make sure that if you want to be a friend of mine on Facebook, then you, you know send me a friend request. We also have a fan page for me. Um, it's called uh, Josh Turner from Paranormal Roundtable, and then we have Paranormal Roundtable fan page too. So those are also pages that we post stuff up on. And so that being said, getting all that out of the way, we're going to get back to the Glimmer Man here. Um, the first story I wanted to tell uh, comes out of Palmetto State Park. Anthony, do you want to tell people where that's at? That's about 60 to 65 miles east of San Antonio. It's uh, in between Luling and Gonzales. Gonzales, Texas. Gonzales is a town that played a role in Texas independence. Um, so, and you can research that and look that up. We're not going to get into the whole history of that, but it is, uh, it did play a role in, in, in the, uh, Texas Mexican war. Certainly required reading. So here, here, what we have in the Palmetto state park, what, what we, what went on was a, was a friend of a friend that, that sent me this story and he said, Hey, there was this guy that he knew that, claimed that when he would go hiking out in Palmetto State Park that something would stalk him, uh, that it followed him, and he never saw it, he never could hear it, or he never could see it, but he could hear it. And I, I, I myself personally have had something like that happen to me on post where I could hear footsteps, but I couldn't see it, and I actually saw water move. But I didn't see anything shimmering or you know glimmering or anything like that. It was just dark. Um, but this person claims that they actually saw something uh, sh uh, glimmer, um, and and it was in broad daylight. They finally caught a glimpse of what it was, and it was um, they were they were walking along a trail, and they saw grass or, or, or weeds like being parted and move, and something came out on the trail behind them. They turned around, looking toward the sun, and the sunlight was 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 uh hitting this uh humanoidal figure just right and it shone like almost like a greenish hue but it was it was hair there was hair all over the body uh they didn't say it was fur they said it was hair and they said that it was it was a greenish hue and that it was coming off of the sunlight was causing them to be able to see this weird but it also gave off a reflective quality and they said that this thing was about seven, eight feet tall and that it was very large and it was very wide. And they said that it was so wide that it took up the whole trail and it was humanoidal. They could see almost like the arms and the legs moving. Now, here, here's another thing. And when people give you descriptions, especially when they're typing things, sometimes, you, you know, you, you just can't really understand what they're talking about. They said that it looked almost like pixelated, almost like Atari. That's bizarre. Okay. Yeah. So not really understanding 100%, I'm like Atari, like, and is it like the squared off a of pixelation of the Atari games? Yeah. That, that, and of course you guys grew up in a video game age where you didn't play with blocks and dots like we did. 
Like we had to use our <laughs> we had to use our imaginations that that four little blocks was actually a guy chewing on pellets and, and so you guys don't have that problem. Y'all y'all can look at as not much imagination involved. Heck, I think we call that eight bit. Eight bit, yeah. Well, even before that, it was. I don't even think uh, Atari. I don't even think it was eight bit. Uh, uh, Nintendo yeah, was eight bit. Yeah, I don't know what it would have been, um, but it was pretty bad. Uh, Space Invaders <laughs> were just little wiggly blocks with little squares. I mean, you know, and it was. It's hard when you when you look at Atari, yeah. especially from the home arcade, right? And then you look at it now, you're going like, "Oh, this is yuck! I can't even." <laughs> you know, it's terrible because you're like, this. "Oh, nostalgic. Let's play Defender," and yeah. you're like. That's Defender? What is that? And that lasted all of two a minutes. A little squiggly line with other little lines coming off of it, and you're <laughs> supposed to believe that that's a spaceship shooting aliens. And the novelty wears off very quickly. Very yeah. quickly, yes. And and so, yeah, even in with Nintendo, when you see the little, the, just the little mush that looks like the, the, the red and blue, and that's supposed to be Mario. Right. Yeah. And, and you're like, and then this brown puddle of whatever. See, like first Mario? supposed to be Donkey Kong. First Mario, that's 8-bit. 8-bit, yeah. That's 8-bit, yeah. yeah. So whatever that is. That's yeah, well, Donkey Kong was on <clears throat> was the predecessor yeah. for it, mm-hmm. and that was on Atari. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, the arcades now. I think the arcade game might have actually been eight bit. But then the home system was like below that. It was even <laughs> even worse. I mean, it yeah. was just like squiggly lines and plug-in AVs. But we better get back on track before we make people mad. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, the point is that the guy said it looked like Atari. And so I never really did get to clarify exactly what that meant. Um, so, you know, if, if you can imagine the Atari home system, I guess is what I'm thinking, that it looked kind of like, you know, it was pixelated. But he said that at one point it did it did give off a mirror shine. But then when it got closer to him, because he was frozen, <clears throat> he said that it looked in the face, it, it kind of started to make the image of a man's face. He said there was hair all the way around it, like a beard. Uh, long hair. He said it was like pushed pushed up up over its head and pushed down, uh, and the face began to be more clear. It had a greenish uh, haze around it, and he said that it was like you could see it when it moved. It would go in and out of like like almost like it was glitching. And he said that it did the face was flat, like the nose was very broad and flat. Gave off the appearance of of very very, very much like a well his words were Neanderthal, but I asked, it was a very primitive looking. He said, just like, yes, yeah, a protruding brow, like a very primitive looking creature. Just distinct. That yeah. Would be also Almost the like a, um, would be the a Bigfoot yeah. made by Atari, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, like, I think that implication is more that it was just distorted. It was distorted. Just not, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't easy to follow, I guess. What he could have meant by thing that it looked like it was pixelated is if you've ever picked up like a, like a little crystal as a kid and you, and you looked inside it. And like you yeah. see, like those little triangles or, or different different shapes inside of it, and you, kind of like a kaleidoscope, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, you, if you look Very inside, it, like one of those little crystallized rocks or whatever, that could have been something along the lines of what he saw. Yeah, it's just hard to make out. Yeah, it's hard to fathom because I'm not him, and I didn't. It was just uh, written. But <clears throat> having talked to him through the the the, the face the email whatever, it it was uh, it was weird. It was a weird story, and so but it gets weirder. Um, so he, he tried to continue to walk backwards. He tripped and then he jumped right up and he turned and he panicked and he ran. Um, he, so this is what he said. Supposedly this thing ran him down. He could hear the footsteps behind it and it kind of grabbed him and pulled on him. He was wearing like a, a hoodie 
And then it kind of went forward and he said that it almost like punched or slapped his back or shoved him. He couldn't really decide exactly. He just felt like like really strong pressure like from hands. And he couldn't really decide whether it was a punch, a slap, or a push. And he went flying about 10 feet through the air. And at that point, he felt like, oh, I'm in danger. He said he did roll, and he kind of hopped up. He said he hopped up, and he continued to run. And he said that he did uh, hurt his ankle pretty bad, but that he just was – it didn't even feel the pain. The adrenaline was going. And he said that he kept he kept running, and this thing was right on his on his heels, right behind him. And he said that at that point, he heard two uh, hikers coming down the trail, coming the other way. And this thing turned. He turned around and looked. He saw it, and it cut off into the into the woods and just disappeared. And he said the whole time, this squared looking pixelation looking creature just disappeared into the uh, tree into the tree line. Did it leave any tracks or footsteps or anything? Uh, I don't think he even bothered with that. <laughs> he yeah, just yeah. took off. Yeah. And, you know, that was the end of that. Yeah, I don't know uh, why he would look for that. Uh, I wouldn't either. I just went away. Yeah, that's what he did. I'd be thankful to escape with my life. Uh, I did ask him, though, if he warned the two joggers or hikers that were coming down the trail, and he said, nope. <laughs> no well, time. I mean, why would you? Like, what, it's gone. You know? What are you going to tell him? Well, there's an invisible giant man. You know, look out. They're just going to keep jogging like, oh, that dude's on crack. 16-bit Sasquatch yeah. in the woods. Just now it's 16-bit. Yeah. Earlier it wasn't even as like. Early. I mean, we're in the 3D world, so you got to, you know, give it a little more definition. Well, you you, apparently it was going in and out of bits. It was like, <laughs> it ended up at 32 and then. The PlayStation One, and then yeah. So, was there any sort of smell uh, that he? Uh, I asked him about that, and he said that he smelled like like you know how this is the words that that some of these people use, and and I'm not insulting him or anything, but bog water, like like uh, if stale swampy, stale like a stagnant smell to it, yeah. And the greenish hue, I I wondered about that. I thought maybe maybe it was. Maybe it was hanging out in the swamp or something. I mean, it's a swampy area. You know, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I mean, well, see, greenish hue kind of gives me like a uh, yeah, the mountains of Russia, those orbs, like the hue that they give off. Like, it's real distinctive because, like, it's 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 more specific to like that area. Because every time you hear something coming out of the area, I believe it's somewhere like in the mountains of Russia, the highest parts, they always have these orbs that they talk about. And, uh, there's a few real prominent stories, but there's always like a light that people see or like a strange, uh, I don't know, well, well, like a glimmer that kind of surrounds the outside of it. So I'm sure it's probably the same sort of thing, you know, just kind of had this aura, you know, like about it. Yeah, or it know, could be drifting around in the woods and such. If you saw this thing like in a wooded area, like in a wooded or like swampy area and and most of the surroundings themselves are green, I mean, maybe it's like a like a like a really advanced form of camouflage. It's like a right. chameleon on steroids because a chameleon yeah. can can do the same thing. Well, how it's do you explain the slower. pixelation though? I don't know. Well, same thing. You know how you know how like octopuses they they'll 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 uh, switch from one color to like the other almost instantaneously. But there's kind of a weird thing in like between that when like you see intermediate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like maybe that's the effect that you're probably seeing when. You know, whatever happens, happens. Also, know that that there's like an experimental technology that that's uh, it's not like a secret thing. It's, it's public information, and you can look it up on uh, on YouTube and see a video of it. Of it, but over at some university, I can't remember which, but 
they've uh, they've developed a way to make extremely small objects uh, become quote unquote invisible which invisibility is not really a matter of disappearing it's just a matter of uh bending light rays yeah. and and what they did is that they put a it was like a it was like a thread just like a regular piece of thread and they put it they put it in uh in some water and they flip on whatever machine or whatever device that they have that, that's able to bend light rays in a way that, that that will make that thing disappear. And it's called it, a Rochester it, cloak. There you go. Yeah. And it, it disappears like just instantaneously. Maybe that's what they're seeing in the woods, but I don't know. And and, and I have no idea why something like that would be out there or, or how in, on God's green earth any creature would be able to develop that ability. But Green I don't know. earth being the operative words. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, the way it works not saying normally I believe in the animal it, kingdom, it's, uh, the, the, the way it normally works in like the animal kingdom is that their skin develops. Uh, it's like, it's not beads, but it's like kind of like a prismatic sort of pattern, like on top of the skin or whatever it is, you know, fur, just whatever. But uh, they're able to change form and the actual skin moves and refracts light. And that's how much yeah. like you were saying, like it just refracts the light around the actual thing itself. Yeah. So just to imagine, I, I don't know how large the Glimmer Man is, but to be in the woods and then see something that can refract light around it, like that's a real mind. Yeah, mind bending. Yeah, that's that's very yeah. mind bending. Like no one's going to be able to look at that and make heads or tails of what they just saw. You know, like seeing, uh, pixels and refraction you know whatever that's that's that that sounds to me like what that process would be you know just like seeing like the bits and the you know like yeah. just all that in between part all 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 those moving parts you know it it i don't know that that'd be crazy to see because just watching normal sea life do it is just wild yeah watching a bipedal creature with yellow eyes do it in the forest is even you well, know, this one didn't have yellow eyes because I asked about the eyes and he yeah. didn't say anything about Nothing? the shine. No. This story here I got, I got from a buddy of mine. Uh, his name is John and he, he's on my fr- my Facebook. He's in all my groups and uh, his his friend gave him this story and he gave me this story. Uh, the guy was hunting, uh, deer hunting in, here in Central Texas uh, back in 2010 said it was a beautiful clear day and he just finished uh, tracking a deer that morning and he gave up so he went up to a deer stand to eat eat his lunch and relax, and, and uh, he was up there for a while, and he said he got this eerie feeling, like, you know how when something's watching you and you know you're being watched? And he said uh, he took out his binoculars, and he started looking around, and that's when he noticed that there was, like, this mirage-looking thing standing at the tree line across from him about 50 yards or so. And he said it, it looked weird, like there was a distortion around it, kind of like when heat comes up off the pavement on a highway. And he said he focused on the thing, began to notice it, uh, very troubling to him that it looked humanoid in appearance, yet he could see through it. He said that he could see through it and that it looked like, um, like it was, he said it was hard to explain, but it looked like a mirage. Those are his words. And he said another way to explain it, would if, like if you looked at a bunch of small mirrors and they were all attached to a grown man that covered his entire body. And uh, he said he watched this thing, he was station- and it was stationary for a good five minutes, and then all of a sudden it started moving toward his position. 
uh, and then it got across the the field and it seemingly vanished. And once it hit the once it hit the wooded area, and it just disappeared. And uh, so he said, I didn't see it again for about thirty minutes or so. And he had this feeling that he was being watched. And he couldn't shake it. And he said that you know he was on high alert at that point. You know, head on a swivel. And uh, as time went on, he said maybe an hour or so. Uh, he goes, I got back to what I was there for and hunting deer. I tried to just put it out of my mind, you know. And I said he was scanning the area, and then all of a sudden he heard leaves crackling beneath his tree stand, and he looked around. He didn't see anything. And then all of a sudden he heard the sound of someone grabbing and walking up the metal ladder beneath him to get up into the stand that he was in. Uh, and he said he didn't see anything climbing up. And he thought, man, I'm losing my mind, uh, you know. All of a sudden, this shimmering, glimmering silhouette of a humanoid appeared up through the hatch door and proceeded to, to, to go up into the hatch door, get this, closed it, casually walks up and sits down next to him. And he said, uh, as, as he was staring at it, it became more clear. And he said, whatever this thing was, it had the ability to blend into its surroundings like a chameleon. And he said, the weirdest thing is that it, he didn't feel threatened. He said it, it was. It just got really weird, and he said that it got weirder that it began to mimic him. And uh, he said what it did was like he goes, I would turn my head, and it would turn its head. He goes, I would give it a peace sign, and it would give me a peace sign. He's like, I stood up, it stood up. He goes, I attempted to speak to it, uh, but it was completely mute. It never responded. It never communicated back. And he said this whole sequence lasted for over ten minutes uh, with it mimicking. And he said it was almost as if uh, the thing was playing a game with him. And finally, he's like, I kid you not, this thing looked at me and where its eyes would be, the left one lit up in, in a purple glow for a split second as though it was winking at him. And then uh, it grabbed the rail of the deer stand at a window and flung itself upward on top of the deer stand and then vanished leaping into the canopy. And, uh, you know, I know that sounds strange, folks. You think maybe, you know, he's been watching too much Predator, but uh, he swears this is what happened. And uh, he said, yeah, I've seen, I asked him, I said, you know, the, the Predator. And he said, he's like, I've seen the Predator. It's a good movie. But this thing, it, it didn't resemble the Predator. It was like if you took a, that cloaking ability that the Predator had in the movie and gave it just to a human. Um, but for some odd reason, whatever the thing was, it was more more than human due to its crazy acrobatics and its mimicking, mimicking antics. Those were his words. So that's just strange. That's a weird story. I don't know what to make of that. You guys at home, I mean, you can make up your own minds about it. Uh, I know that 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 having talked to many people about the whole Glimmerman phenomena and and what it is and, and or what it could be, I, I've I've wondered like many many nights on what these things are. When I was a kid, I'll tell you a story. I had a friend when I was a kid, and I might have mentioned something similar to this before because I stayed at his house one time, and one of his toys moved, and the closet door kind of, and I was like, okay, I want to go home. That was the only time I ever like left a, a slumber party and was like, I want to go home. Uh, but he told me a story uh, years ago when we were little kids about an entity because his house was haunted. And there were other kids that we hung out with when I was little. This was an elementary school, like first, second, third grade. Um, and his, his, he had a big, scary two-story house, and all the other kids were like, oh, Jonathan's house is haunted, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of made fun of him sometimes about it. Like, we'd be like, oh, your, your house is haunted. Nobody wants to go there. you know. And I kind of felt bad for him. But he was very honest about it. And he said that uh, one time when he was little, 
one of our friends, uh, Mickey, asked him. They're like, he's like, hey, what did this the what does the ghost look like? And he said that he saw uh, this shadow move into the room, almost like it was floating, and it looked like it was like a a. This is going to sound weird. He said it looked like a man, but it was like it was wearing some 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 sort of dress like thing. Which when when he described it later on as an older kid, you're thinking, oh, that's a cloak. And he said that when he sat up bolt upright, that it moved its arms together like in an X, and it, be- it began to uh, change into like a shimmering, and then it just became invisible. And then he could see it still kind of the outline of it moving around the room, almost like it was cloaked in a, uh, not just an actual physical cloak, but like like it was uh mirage, like it was a mirage. And he said you could see through it, but you could still see the outline of it. And I always thought that was weird. Um, and I just remember when we were kids, there was a a show called Justice League, and it was the DC characters. And Wonder Woman had an invisible jet, <laughs> but you could see through the jet. But you but then you saw the white outline of the jet, and I always kind of thought maybe that's what he was talking about. But I don't I don't know if that pertains to this. But that's just I just remember him saying that and thinking that is weird. But uh, mo- mo- moving on, this one here happened in uh, Wichita. Kansas. Uh, guy uh, sent me this story. I'll call him David. Uh, did not give me permission to give his real name. Uh, but Dave, David was a little kid and his dad would do work. Uh, he was a plumber and he would go to different places and whatever. And so the office there at that, that, that cement plant was having plumbing problems. And so his dad and, and, uh, would let him just go in and play and run around out because you know back in the 70s and 80s we weren't worried about it we ate lead chips and we did all kinds of junk you know my dad used to go work at this place where they sold dirt and uh and and gravel and i would climb up and down on these hills and one time um i i I was i was i was climbing up on one of these hills with all these uh rocks they were all about the same size and i began to sink down into it and you know, you could still breathe and it wasn't like it was crushing me, but I got all the way down to my waist and started screaming. And then my dad, who was an electrician, kind of like this guy's dad was a plumber. Uh, he came out and was like, what are you doing? And I started to kind of swim my way to the edge and I fell and slid down and, and then I jumped out of the, of the pit of the, of the hill. And my dad was yelling at me, but he was also like, you know, concerned. Yeah. Extremely worried. Yeah, and was like he got on to me and told me to go sit in the truck and no more playtime. But this kid, you know, he kind of did what I did. He was running around playing, and he said that there was a tree line all the way around one side of this at, at that time. And he said that he saw this, what looked like something laying down flat, and it was like crawling, and he thought, whoa, that's weird, because it was reflecting, the light of the sun was reflecting off of it and causing like a prism, right? like with different colors. And he said it was like every color of the rainbow you could imagine, even colors that you would not, he's like colors I still haven't even seen to this day again. And he goes, it was so weird. He goes, and me being a little seven-year-old punk, which he literally called himself a seven-year-old punk, not my words, David, yours, but he said he picked up a rock and he threw it at it. And he said that this thing popped up, like just boom. And it was like upright. And he said it was probably six, seven feet tall. And he said that it looked thin, though. You could see the outlines of it. And he said that the rainbow effect kind of disappeared and it had this cloaking looking uh, whatever on it. And he said the only thing he could describe it as, which a lot of people say, it looked like the predator. 
And he said it when it moved, and then he heard a whistling noise coming from it, like a like that. And then he said that uh, within a couple seconds, he looks up and he sees a, what may have been another one up in a tree right there by this plant or whatever. And he said it was just a real thin tree line. It was like just a couple trees right there. It wasn't like there was a lot, like a big woods or anything. And he said that it, this thing made like this whistling noise. And then the other thing kind of moved. And then he said that that, that it kind of went toward him. And then he said he got scared. So he started backing up like, oh, no, what did I do? You know, I stumbled into something, you know, these things that, you know, his dad was inside the building and he was like, I got to get to my dad. And he said his dad was probably like, you know, 60, 70 yards away and his little legs weren't going to get him fast enough. He said this thing started moving quickly towards him. And he said it closed the distance into about 30, 30 to 40 feet away. And he said he could see right through it. But then when it moved, it, it kind of made a reflection like a, off of the area around it. Like it looked like the dirt on its feet, but then above it, it looked like, you know, the sky. So it was like very weird. And then he said that he, he said that as he turned to run, he felt something thunk him in the back of the neck really hard. And he looked down, it was rock. So the rock that he had thrown at this thing, I guess it was just like, hey, here's your rock back. Boom. And it hit him. <clears throat> and he said that it, it, it stung, like it hurt him, you know. And he said that he just, he didn't even stop. He just kept, kept moving, kept running. And uh, just just eventually got to the building where his dad was working, and he went inside and he closed the door, and he said he looked out the window and he kept looking and looking and nothing. He didn't see uh, anything, you know. But here's the thing: years later, he was going out with this girl who was a waitress at a, at this dive bar uh, out on the edge of town uh, at this town he was living in, and can another another town he was living in. And she, they started talking, and this guy at this bar said one time, when he told that story, he goes, I'll tell you, he goes, one time I was driving down that road going by that cement plant, and he saw something standing on the side of the road while it was raining, and he said that you could see the rain bouncing off of it, but it almost looked like it was see-through, but he said that he clearly saw like what would look like an arm going up over the top of, of its head, like what, what, where its head would have been. And get this, the like when you were talking about the eyes, the right. eyes were orangey yellow. Yeah. He could see the eyes, but nothing else. It was just like there was this rain beating up and, and bouncing off of something yeah. that was obviously there. Um, and he said, like, imagine a windshield where the rain's just, and he's like, he just saw it clear as day, just sitting there. And he said that, that that guy told him that, and he was like, oh, my gosh. So that thing had been in and around that area uh, probably for a while. So I don't know what y'all think of that. <clears throat> but so, but this one was in the shape of a man, right? Too, right? Yeah, humanoidal, humanoidal, humanoidal shape. But this thing was like laying down, and I guess he threw a rock at it because a kid, you know, he's like, "What is that? I'm gonna throw a rock at it," you know? <laughs> right. It's yeah. like something I probably would have done as a kid. I would have shot it with my BB gun because I was, you know, I, I still to this day I think I shot at a, a wolf when I was a kid. I saw one. Uh, oddly enough on the edge of a uh, of a of a cement plant that was not too far from where me and my friend Keith grew up and I shot at what I thought was what looked like a wolf and it turned and it made the decision to go the other direction but if it wouldn't have I'm thinking what would I have done because <laughs> I was like not 8 9 years old and I was on my bike and this thing would have just came and tore me up I don't I say it wasn't a coyote cuz I know what coyotes look like and it didn't look like a coyote it looked like a like a red wolf which there are a few in that area my advice is high ground mm. you know <laughs> yeah, I well, twenty twenty. I mean, definitely that. 
So here, so I don't know what y'all want to discuss that one or go on to the next case. I think this thing could be some sort of extraterrestrial because the the ability to uh, refract or reflect light to that extent is it doesn't sound like an evolutionary adaptation at all. It, it does nothing natural about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, camouflage is is one thing, you know, like we talked about earlier. But this is a whole other, a whole different level, a whole different thing. And uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if it's not some sort of uh, extraterrestrial being or technology, then it's some sort of government technology. I have no clue, but I don't think this is something natural or supernatural. I don't know a lot about it, whatever it is, but the only other thing in that story that seems to line up besides the normal, like, you know, it, like it disappearing or whatever is the fact that it had uh burnt orange or and or yellow eyes. That seems to be a very common reoccurring theme for this one particular uh cryptid. Uh and that's what stuck out to me. Uh I don't know behaviorally if it acted any differently or you know, not uh because I don't I mean it doesn't seem to ever make any noise. There's no noise. There's no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? There doesn't seem to be any obvious reason for why it's there. Doesn't seem to be any obvious reason for why it decides like to interact. Encounters. Yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't yeah. seem like it goes out of its way to interact with people. And when it does, it doesn't actually seem to be violent. Well, or, the one in Palmetto State Park would, would, would well, okay, yeah. have attacked him. Right. Yeah. But it could have probably happened. done worse as, as yeah. big as it was. I mean, I mean, it seems tame. Territorial, you know? maybe. If not odd. Well, I'm going to get into one that's not so tame. Um, this one happened in a cow pasture out in Oklahoma. Uh, the odd thing about this one is this pasture was not far from a lake where supposedly, and it's funny saying we were talking off off the air mm-hmm. about the octopus. Right. Cephalopods yeah. and how they, um, and I have a friend uh, who, Eddie, Edward, who believes that one day they're going to rule the earth, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say, well, yeah, you're right or you're not. Right. I did, he's a he's a marine biologist and he really believes that and he works down in you know in, in the Gulf the Gulf of Mexico and so this happened in a cow pasture and and this one was was like I said not far from a lake where there was a freshwater octopus that was caught and so I'm going to get into that eventually at some point. I was talking to Scott Martis recently about coming on and maybe doing a show about that. And then me and Ryan uh, kicked around doing a show about these freshwater because he did a lot of research on these. But uh, this one involved what could be um, a type of octopus that was on the land. I say that because it had more than than four limbs. Um, mm-hmm. This thing was wrapped around a tree. And at first it was what appeared to be like one of these rake-type creatures. Right. I say that because of the way the description was given to me. These guys were driving through a cow pasture. Uh, one of them was uh, sitting on the tailgate of the truck, and the other two were in, in, in inside, and then another guy was sitting on the, the you know the back uh, wheel, the hump over the wheel. The wheel well, In the yeah. back of the wheel well. And he was sitting on that, and they, they, they were spotlighting, um, and, and they saw that, which is, you know, that's – one way to hunt, but you know, it's whether you agreed with it or not, that's what they were doing. And they, they spotlighted this, uh, thing that looked at first, like it was white, but then almost instantaneously, three of them, uh, the guy on the passenger side and then the two in the back, 
The driver didn't see it, but they, it, it went from white to translucent real quick. And they claimed that it had two, uh, uh, four arms, like limbs, wrapped around the tree, and its head was completely turned backwards. And then, then there was like a, a bit of a space, like a, like a foot or two, and then there were where the legs would have been. There was it was wrapped around, and then they saw what what might have been a tail. Which then again, it could have been another limb. It could have been like eight limbs. We just didn't see the rest of it. Right. And they said that it, when the light hit it. Like this happened in a matter of milliseconds, like boom, boom, boom. It went from white to translucent, uh, and then just disappeared. But they, when the light was on it, it was like reflect, you know, reflecting it, and they could still see it moving along the tree, and it went around the other side of the tree. So they were like, "Hey, hey, drive over there. Let's go see what it is." So they drove over there, and at this point, it was gone from from the tree base of the tree, and it had climbed up into the tree, and then from there. Jump, jumped uh, onto another tree and they could see it. They were seeing it jump from tree to tree and it had multiple arms and it did have that same quality of um, being shimmery, glimmering, whatever you want to call that. Uh, and they did, and they did take some shots at it. Um, one of them even thinks he might've hit it, but he wasn't for sure. But he said the whole time it was making a whistling, shrieking noise. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what, to make of this one, then this is a story I got uh, a long time ago, um, back when I was not even doing my podcast. Uh, th- I got that story probably you know five years ago, and uh, that story, um, when I first heard it, I was like, "What in the heck is that?" It's like a one-off, but uh, yeah, it could be um, one of these uh, rake Wendigo type creatures, uh, an octopus type creature, or you know, I don't know, the glimmer man, you know, it, it could fit into a lot of different categories. Right. And eventually it got away and, and, you know, and of course, you know, whether you believe in the, the, the you know, there's a moral conundrum there. I'm not just going to, if it was me personally, I'm not just going to see something that's, that's not bothering me, not doing anything to anybody and just go, Oh, I'm going to shoot that. There it is. Kill it. Ned. it's coming straight for us. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, but I'm not thems, and I don't, and I don't know the threat level. I mean, they seem to be pretty shaken up by it. Uh, but uh, well, it 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 sounds very off putting. Just the imagery alone, you know, head backwards, wrapped around a tree, four limbs up top. Who knows what at the bottom? They should probably consider the, consider themselves lucky that it went translucent or transparent, and they couldn't see it. It sounds disgusting looking. Yeah, like that doesn't sound. I wouldn't want to look at that thing. And, and, and thank you for disappearing. Yeah, <laughs> and that seems like a worse encounter, but that's still not. I mean, like aggressive. You know? No, that's not. It, it like, tried to get away. It's weird. It's just not it didn't want. It didn't want to be in the light. Yeah. Um, but oh, you know, and then if you look at if you look at they said they I, there's more to this case because I asked uh, uh, one of the guys that was sitting in the back of the truck, and I talked to him and. Uh, I asked him point blank. I was like, "Hey, did did you um, uh, go back?" And he's like, "Yeah, we did. We actually went back and we we looked at the tree." And he said that there was like this uh, slime all over the tree, like yeah. a, a moisture. Um, and he said that when you rubbed it against your fingers, it was like jelly. And I asked him, "Did anything come of it?" No, nothing. No allergic anything. Is um, it what color it was? Uh, no, it was clear. It was like a clear, clear. like a clear jelly. It was like a jelly. It was all over the tree. And, uh, he said that, that, that the guy that had that, whose pasture it belonged to said that sometimes the cows would be 
like staying away from certain areas of the pasture, certain trees. Um, they wouldn't go into certain areas, you know. Um, so, you know, when they told him about it, the guy didn't even seem surprised. Like maybe he knew something they didn't, you know. Right. And it was the, de- the the guy they talked to was the the friend of theirs' dad who told them, "Yeah, y'all can go as long as you don't shoot my cows. I don't care." Um, but yeah, that that that's a weird story. Um, I heard a story similar to that. Now this one was told to me by a friend of a relative who was in Vietnam. Now here again, this guy, I mean, I'm just going to be real honest. He smoked a lot of pot, you know, <laughs> but I mean, just cause you smoke pot doesn't mean you're, you're out of your mind. I yeah, mean, there's no, some people think you smoke pot and you see pink elephants. Well, I don't know what you're, what you're lacing. The devil's with. lettuce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just cause you smoke pot yet. doesn't mean you're out of your head and you don't know what time of day it is. Unless you're like the dude from True, like Brad Pitt from True Romance over there, you know, you're like, oh man, we can kill you, man. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, but this guy, he did smoke a lot of pot. But he told me that that one time when he was in Vietnam, Vietnam, that they had treed this thing that looked like a hairless a hairless white monkey that had multiple limbs. And then when it got up into the tree and they began to shoot at it, that it went blank. And I asked this guy. You know, and of course he's, I'm trying to talk to the guy and he is inebriated right. yeah. and he goes, it went blank. And I said, what, what does that mean? Um, <laughs> yes. You know, this was a friend of my dad's, uh, a friend of my dad and his friend, uh, my dad's friend, Steve, who's no longer alive, but uh, his, one of their friends, you know, and I used to go and play with his sons because they were my age. And I said, what does that mean? And Steve, my dad's friend, was always a, a character. He goes, what does that mean going blank? Like what? It just went blank. Like it just like you know, you're not explaining it to us. And he goes, "What I mean is it disappeared." And he's like, "It disappeared how?" And he's like, "Well, it just went up the tree, and then it just like you know went clear. Like it was like you knew it was there, but you couldn't see it." Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, my friend, my dad's friend, was like, "No, I don't know what you mean. I have no idea what you're talking about. It makes no sense." But as a kid, I remember hearing that story, and I was always up for hearing weird and creepy stories and whenever they started talking about weird stuff, you know, I was, I was right up there trying to hear. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was a weird story. I I remember that and them talking about a a monkey. Now on this case here, I asked the guys in this pasture, uh, in Oklahoma, I asked them, what did the head look like? Because they said they did catch a quick glimpse of this thing. Now here's the funny thing. They said that the head, it had no neck from what they could see. It was like it went up and there was just like a roundness and there was like a head. Now, when you think about that, how we were talking to Zane about an octopus. Right. Um, like it, it just, there was like, there was like no chin, no nothing. It was like a face, kind right. of like a face. Yeah. They didn't see much of a mouth. It was just like a crease, you know, from what, you know. But here's, here's the messed up part. The guy in the driver's side who didn't, I don't think he would have had as, as good of a vantage point as the guy that was sitting on the tailgate, he claimed that he did see a mouth and that it opened up its mouth to make the hissing noise that they heard. And the other two of the guys in the back said they don't remember that. So you got a dispute there. Right. You know, but yeah, that's weird. And, and of course, Zane, you, you kind of know this because we talked about it earlier. And Anthony, yeah. the eyes were yellow, right. yellowish orange. Yeah. So there you go. There again, it's the whole <clears throat> that thing too. Though it did actually make a noise, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it does maybe communicate or something. It it, I mean, it means. I mean, it at the very least makes noise. That sounds to me like a, like a primitive form of an of extraterrestrial life. Because if you think about it, 
Life on our planet, we have advanced life forms like hominids, aka us, and then and then we have animals, which are uh, a lot more primitive forms of life, but but they are a form of life from our planet. So I mean, if if life does exist on other on some other planet, on at least one out there somewhere out there in the stars, and you know maybe it's the same way. They have advanced life forms, uh, which are what people see piloting UFOs and and whatnot. And maybe these things are just just there, like that planet's version of primitive life, of like what a dog would be. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Maybe it's somebody's pet, some weird yeah. animal that yeah. just. Yeah. I mean, just like okay, extraterrestrial wildlife, something like that. Right. So, uh, what do you think about the idea of like uh, seeding? You know, that's something we've talked about with yeah. the. Uh, I was gonna say because. I think we know. talked about that on the the what was it the Bigfoot uh, what was it called the. Uh, we talked about the seeding of the life. I can't remember what episode that was. Um, that something, a big, was that something. a Bigfoot episode? Yeah, it was a Celestial Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, but, Celestial Bigfoot. Yeah, we talked about seeding because that that is, yeah, I mean, um, I got another quick one for you. I got, I got several of these Glimmerman stories. I mean, it's there's a lot of them. I, I'm going to try, the ones we don't finish up, I'm going to try to put them on a potluck, but I'll give you this one. Uh, this one happened on Ranch Road 12 right outside of San Marcos, and it was given to me. Um, by a friend of mine's girlfriend who they, she swears up and down that, that they were driving down ranch road 12, right outside of St. Marcus where Texas state, the, 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 the university is. And, uh, this is a short one I mean, it's not real long, but you guys are very familiar with the devil's backbone since y'all were kids. I've been taking you out there and running yeah. around and, and looking at all the spooky crap out there. But uh, they were they were driving down the road and they saw this thing run across the road and when it ran right in front of their vehicle, uh, they they their headlights caught a glimpse of what looked like like there was hair coming off of the the arms like like it was like hairy, but then it was like almost instantaneous like it it was um, clear, like it went uh, clear like 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 it they don't know how it got out in front of the vehicle. They didn't see it get in front of the vehicle. So obviously it was some sort of camouflage that was keeping it, you know, from being noticed. Right. And then the next thing you know, they're, they're going 55 miles an hour down this windy road and right in front of the vehicle, it's a clear translucent. And then, then they, they, the, the light hits it just right. And they see like this hair, long hair coming off of the arms and, and running down the legs. Nobody really got a good look at the face because the face, they said, stayed sort of uh blocked i guess and it's it just stayed looking straight ahead um the only thing they got from the side of the face was it was humanoidal uh and then it just ran across the road and then it like it went like as soon as it crossed out of the light it was invisible and it ran across the road so and they said it happened really quick and they were like oh what is that woo you know four people in a car and then it was across the road and that it's was definitely it. a defense mechanism if that's i mean I feel like that the, the it just going clear or going, you know, whatever, whatever it's going, it's obviously cloaking itself or maybe the light as soon as it hits its body, it just reacts in a certain way maybe, and it just goes like invisible. But it it it, it doesn't seem to me like uh, it's not to harm anything. It just seems like like every a survival time, mechanism. Yeah, like it just seems like every time someone sees it, it it just they they may catch a glimpse of it because they're close enough, but there's no real there's no real detail, there's no definition, and then it just leaves, or it or it at least tries to leave. 
uh, whenever they see it and it's already camouflaged or already when it's already transparent, maybe it's already transparent because this entity saw them before they saw it and right. it cloaked itself. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe. Probably just another thing that doesn't want but to be But it's hairy, though. I, feel I mean, like. you, you, well, got, you it, got hairy ones and you got like clear ones and white ones. And I mean. Well, see, the clear and like the white, I kind of just give off as like. Because what happens to the human body when you see something strange and something that might be, I don't know, violent or just just very like otherworldly? What happens the first thing? Okay, your stress levels go up. You know, you start kind of not getting in a panic, but your your just whole body kind of starts moving at a faster rate because there's fear, there's wonder, there's there's the big question of like what what is it is it going to hurt me in this situation you're in a car you're driving down the the road you're in a very strangely you know yeah nick called it metaphysical shock yeah it's a, yeah it's shock, a good yeah. term you're in a place that's not well populated by normal people i mean there's really nothing out there besides woods and besides big rock parapaces and you know just things of that nature but uh you know, you have those kind of things. So all of that is going to hit you as soon as you see something that strange, especially in front of you, especially if you're thinking like, you know, you might hit it or whatever. But it's 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 just weird that out of all of these encounters, it doesn't seem like it wants to be looked at. But that clear and that blank and that white thing, that's just, I think that's just a feature of it. Like, you're not really going to be able to see it. It might... It, it might have hair, but it's not going to let you know that it has hair. It's not going to show you that. And I don't think that anyone's been in the situation, at least with the stories that I've read and, you know, from like some of the stuff that I've looked up, there's nothing that makes it obvious that, uh, you know, that that's, that, that, that it's, um, just progressive. Yeah. 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 Like it's not an aggressive entity. You know, yeah, well, like here, it doesn't here, want anything. It, it's just, it just, yeah, it's exists. Just, right. Yeah. Here's one for you. Um, this happened in, in Delaware. Mm. And actually, if anybody knows about the Dover demon, I was just talking to Ryan about that the other day and how that could be one of these rake slash crawler entities. This one's kind of weird. Like this, <laughs> I, I was give. I was going to do this one on the, on the paranormal Christmas. And so I decided me and Nellie were talking and I was like, I'm just going to go with the Krampus and we're, we're just going to exonate the paranormal Christmas and just put them into potlucks and whatever. Um, but then we just got more and more stories about the Glimmer Man and this one, because um, after I mentioned it, you know, people were like, oh, yeah, the Glimmer Man. Um, this guy sent me a story and he said that this happened to his, him and his dad when they were putting up Christmas lights in Dover, Delaware, when he was a child. And uh, he's now in his 40s, so he's he's, he's around my age and he said that they were up on the roof putting up Christmas lights and they were in a good mood and they were all like, he was happy. It was Christmas time, you know, and it was right after Thanksgiving and it was dark and, and his wife was, or his mom was, was, uh, down, down, uh, on, on the patio looking up and kind of giving them a direction, whatever. And they hear something walking like, you know, and it was like heavy and you could hear it on the shingles of the roof and him and his dad look over and they're like, they didn't see anything. And next thing you know, the strand of lights moved and you could see like the movement. And he looked down for a second and when it touched the lights, he saw what looked like a foot. Um, but the foot, he said, looked clawed, mm. which is weird. He said, it, he said, I saw it. It was like black claws. He said, and then I look up, he goes, and I see 
this thing just kind of standing there on the roof, like maybe not even six feet away from me and my dad. And it was standing there. And the only thing you could really, you could really make out of it, like you said, was the foot because the, the lights were going over the top of it. And he yeah. said that it looked like, uh, kind of like a wolf's foot, like, like if it was a wolf, you know? And he was like, him and his dad are staring at it. And it's just, you know, you could see it kind of moving back and forth, kind of swaying back and forth. And it, they just stood there looking at it. And he said, we had to have stood there for at least two, three minutes. And the, his dad finally was like, okay, get behind me, you know, and, and was going to try to protect him, you know? And he said that it just, it didn't move. And then he began to yell down to his mother, the the kid's mother, which was his wife, the, the you know, and he said, Hey, uh, can you do me a favor? Can you, can you call the police? And she's like, why? She goes, there's somebody up here on the roof. And she's like, okay. So she went inside and she's like, are you okay? So he goes, yes, we're okay for right now. Can you please just go and call the police? Because there's something up here, someone, something. And he said that they stood at it. They stared at it for a minute. And he, his dad put his hand up, like, what do you want? And he said that when he moved its arms, that it kind of like got down like a football player and moved its arms out like in an aggressive way. And he said that at that point, you could kind of see it began to kind of circle them. And he, But he said one thing he did see was like it was cold. And he goes, and I could see my breath. He goes, and I could see this thing, the breath coming off of where the mouth was. And, then, and, and there again, he said that the only thing he noticed was like, a, the, like where the eyes would be were these yellowish looking slits where the eyes were. And he said it were very narrow. And he said that this thing began to move around him. And he said that the way it sounded and the way it moved, he goes, it had to have been over 450 pounds, 400 to 500 pounds. Oh, so it was big. It was big. Yep. And he said that his dad and him slowly backed away and they got off of the roof. And then he said that this thing, they saw a tree uh, uh, move and sway that was that was in, in the neighbor's yard. And they saw it because this was in town. This, was, yeah. this wasn't in, out in the country. And he said that the, the, the tree kind of swayed and he saw that the, 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 the branches move. So they assumed that that thing had jumped into the tree. And to this day, he was like, and he just told me this not too long ago. And he was like, to this day, he goes, I've always wondered what that was. He's like, it terrified me and my dad. He goes, you know, it was just, it was a scary, terrible experience. And it was cloaked the whole time? Yeah. It was like, yeah. it was like you could see. The, when it moved, you could yeah. see like the glimmery kind of movement of it. Right, yeah. Um, and he said that when his dad threw his arms out and said, what do you want? It got down almost mimicking his dad, but almost like in a in a stance, like it was going to tackle somebody. Yeah. And uh, he said he remembers the weird looking foot. Now that's aggressive. Um, that is weird, yeah. Very aggressive. And I got one more and we're going to close it out. What are we doing on time? About an hour. Okay. We're going we're gonna to do one more. And we're going to close this one out, and I'm going to save the the best for last. I think this is probably the best one. Um, this happened in late, near Lake Cato. Now, if anybody knows Lake Cato, uh, we've gone over it before. It is a naturally occurring lake here in Texas, and there are areas around Cato Lake or Lake Cato, 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 however you want to say it, where the people to this day claim that they see Indians, like real live flesh and blood Indians. It was a guy that was climbing a pole, working for the uh, – Telephone company is a very, very, very uh, popular story. And he was shot in the leg by an arrow by an, an, a Native American uh, that looked like somebody like wearing a loincloth. I'm talking this happened back in the, like the 70s or 80s, something like that. It wasn't that long ago. And he's like, what is this guy? Does he, is he from a time warp or what? Yeah. Uh, there's areas around there that the satellite can't penetrate because it's considered jungle because it's so dense. Um, there, there's so much uh, fo foliage and vegetation around that lake. You, you can't penetrate it. Uh, so 
What ended up happening was, and you guys have already heard the story, but I'll, I'll, for the audience, um, yeah, th- there was a, a, a husband and wife. They're now married, but that time they were they were dating. They were going out, and they decided, hey, let's go camping, let's go to Cattle Lake, and so they they were in a in a in a little boat, and they were rowing, and uh, he had to use the bathroom, and so he tells his girlfriend, he's like, look, I'm gonna go ashore and use the bathroom. Um, cause I can't hold it anymore. And he said that he told her he was going to take a leak, but in reality he had to do the number two. <laughs> so, so he pulls up and he goes, I'm going to, I'm going to go into the woods a little bit. And she's like, why? And he goes, Oh, I'm just going to go in here, you know? And, and like, he didn't want to tell her, Hey, I have to take a deuce. Cause he's still in that stage where you got to try to impress, you know, yeah, and yeah, be, yeah. there's this kind of the, the phoniness of <laughs> whatever no you want to smells come. bad. Yeah. Everybody's you know? perfect. There's nobody farting in bed or whatever, which no my wife knows I never savagely, did anyway. You know? She knows that. But uh, but anyways, he decided to go and and nature called. And so he went and he he said he felt uneasy. And he said the whole time that they were in the boat that they felt, and I've heard this before, people who've gone out there, uh, who've been hunting and fishing and things and saying that they feel weird around that lake. Um, and like there's some sort of ominous presence there. And some people even say they feel like it's evil. Mm. But uh, he got out, went to use the restroom. And uh, while he's squatted down doing what he was trying to do, uh, he hears like a, a, a twig snap. He looks over to his left and he sees something move, but it was like the sunlight was reflecting off of something and it was there again. It was like it was uh, clear, like you couldn't make out exactly what it was. And he thought, is there somebody there? So he's like, hey, you know, and nobody answered. So then he decides to take a stick and toss it in the direction of this thing and it bounced off of what he called an invisible entity. He goes, it was, it was pretty much invisible. I could see right through it. He's like, but for whatever reason, this, the, 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 the stick kind of bounced off of it. And then he said that he saw like an arm, like move up and down, kind of like he saw something move and he thought, Oh no, that that's, it's a humanoidal shape, you know? And he said, but he said that it looked uh, like it was uh, small. Like there was a small one to the, to his, to the left of this, this other one that he saw and that one like kind of took off and it kind of went around like it was going behind him. And then he thought, oh, no, this thing's going to come around behind me and, and attack me. And then he saw another one off to the right. And then the, 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 the one that he threw the stick that was really big, it stood up and it was large. He said it was probably eight feet tall. And he could see the top of its head kind of like shimmering all the way down its legs and arms, you know. And he said it was definitely two, two arms, two legs. It was, it was big. And then he said at that point, he heard like a loud roar, like, and this thing, he said that it was so loud and it was so vicious that that, that it was like that infrasound that we've talked about. Um, Like the guy that that had the uh, uh, dog man encounter over here by the lake where it reverberated through his chest. He said he felt it through his head and he said he gave him a headache and he felt like his ears were going to bleed. And he just pulled his pants up and just took off. And he stumbled, the, you know, the, the the wrong way toward the from, from from the boat, you know, the the canoe, and he went and he started wading through the water, and he goes, oh no, and he realized he was a good thirty forty feet, you know, from where the boat was, so he was just wading through the water to get back up to it, and he's like, we got to go, we got to go, and he said that she's like, what's wrong? And he goes, we got to go, and they got in the boat and they started paddling away from it. And when, when they paddled away from that spot, they heard like splashing in the water and they could look back and see the water moving. Like there were these entities in the water, 
moving toward them and they could see the water splashing off the front of these entities. Yeah. So they weren't alone and these things were, were chasing him and his, his now wife, she was hysterical and screaming and, and crying and freaking out. And he was just like, keep paddling, keep paddling. And eventually, you know, they turned and they looked and they saw the water still and calm and they weren't, they weren't behind them anymore. And he said, he goes, I don't know if we just got away or if they just let us go. He goes, I really don't think that we, you know, that they, we just got away. I think they just let us go. Um, and I was going to add one more interesting thing uh, after that story. Here's something that happened that could or that may or may not be cloaking. And I was actually talking to Ken Gerhardt earlier tonight. And Ken had brought up an interesting um, uh, thought about how uh, just kind of off topic, but on topic, uh, we could, if we could ever get pick, get people's uh, descriptions of Dogman, and we could get a forensic uh, uh, sketch artist to do a rendering of it. Right. And maybe we could do that same thing with these creatures, and, and then we could compare, you know, like the color and everything, and, and see how close the, this patterning is of these um entities because they're not completely invisible or people, or people wouldn't be, you know, but here's a, here's a story. I'll end the tonight's show with this story. It's a little bonus story here. Um, this happened to a couple and I believe this was, this was in temple, Texas and uh, it's not far from here. And, uh, they were working in an office uh, park or whatever, a building. And they, they were working late. It was a husband and wife. Um, they're married now. At the time, the, the, she was the secretary, and 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 he she worked for him, and they ended up getting married. But uh, they were walking out to the car late, and and they hear something in the trash can moving around that's only about ten to twelve feet away from them. And you know they have the lids or whatever. This this didn't happen that long ago, um, and they heard the lid like go go up and down like ba boom, and they're like oh, and uh, his wife was like that must be a raccoon or something in there and then the 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 lid of the trash can pops up and they see this wolf-headed looking creature snout and everything just staring right at them and then it then it just goes back down and they were like let's get out of here and so then they start to get in the vehicle and start to panic and he's like dude I'm I'm like dropping my keys and I'm trying to you know I can't even get the 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 clicker to open the the door I'm freaking out he said, then the, 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 the door, the top, the lid opens again and there's just a hand right there. And he said it was like a grayish colored hand and his wife had this little flashlight and she, she pointed it at the thing. He goes, and I got a good look at it, a little, like this claws on this, on this big gray hand. And he said, I told her, turn the, the flashlight off. Okay. Because this thing is going to become angry and it popped its head back up and kind of looked around and she, they both said that it was chewing on something. It was eating something. And they said that it was looking right at them and they, they, they shine right on these yellowish eyes. And for a split second, it was almost like it had disappeared, but then they could still see the eyes. And then they panned back and they saw this creature still sitting there and, and it was just staring right at them. And then they said they got in their, they got in their vehicles and they, and they, they were driving out and they heard, like uh, the the door or the the lid of the trash can slam again as they were driving off. Now th- this place had cameras. That's the interesting part. So the next day he goes and he talks to the people that run the the place, you know, and he tells them, hey, you know, this this I saw some really large. He didn't want to tell them I saw a freaking werewolf eating something in a trash can. Who's going to believe that? So he said, <laughs> I saw this really large raccoon. I think we have a raccoon problem. You need to go look at the footage because it was a huge raccoon and it. And it 
messed with me and my wife last night and it threw the lid off, you know, whatever. And, and the guy was like, okay. So the security, <clears throat> they looked at the footage and he went down on a, on, on his, on a lunch break and he talked to the security guard and the guard's like, well, we actually did look at the camera and we saw something interesting. And he said that, uh, at the same time that he claims that this happened, they see the lid of the trash can going up and down. They don't see anything making it go up and down. And then ultimately the trash can lid goes flying up and off, you know, and backwards. And then they see the trash kind of moving and then that's it. So on camera, there was nothing there, but they did see some sort of a blur kind of blur on the camera, but that was it. He goes, you couldn't make out. He said it would, it it would look like a ghost. Like if you put it on yeah. a paranormal show about ghosts, right. he said it would be like, wow, compelling footage of a trash can lid moving up by itself, uh, being like a ghost throwing up a trash can lid. <clears throat> but in reality, him and his wife saw this wolf looking entity inside of the trash can. And right. that was a story that I had told the uh, Ken earlier when we were talking on the phone. But th- that's very interesting. And, and we're talking about the, the this uh, Glimmer Man no, that I, sounds like something supernatural to me. I mean, but but it made itself invisible. This yeah, one's for you, Anthony, because because uh, because you might relate to this more. Uh, but what do you think your eyes like? If you had to say like the refresh rate of your eyes, what do you think that's set at? Maybe a good hundred sixty, hundred eighty frames it, per second, something like that. I think they can actually like. I think it's actually it, it differs from person to person. Yeah, but um. I don't know. I mean, like whenever, uh, whenever I switch from from my TV, which is a sixty hertz uh, refresh rate, to to my computer monitor, which is a one hundred forty four hertz refresh rate, right? I could tell the difference. So mm-hmm. that tells me that that the human eye can perceive, at the very least, somewhere between sixty and one hundred forty four uh, hertz or frames a second, somewhere in that range, at the very least. Right. So here's what I just thought. Right. So I think the reason that that would happen is because from all these other encounters, we've already established that when you look at this thing, whether it's camouflage, whether it's just a byproduct of whatever it is, when you see it, it looks very fractal, pixelated, uh, very uh, stuttered, I guess is another word. Like it Glitchy. Just, it just looks very not yeah. like within your... You know, maybe you're frame not of reference. Yeah, like the, like you're within your range of sight. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you were looking at it with the naked eye, which can look up to you know 144 hertz at least refresh. And yeah. for the people at home that might not know what that means, when you look at your computer monitors or your TV, your TV and your commute and 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 your monitors are giving off frames per second, meaning uh, it's it's shooting lights and 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 creating the image in front of you. So our eyes can perceive much higher than that. And we only see what we believe is like 16 bits worth of information because it's just so hard to fathom. So a camera, which doesn't record or playback for like the most part, you would say, right? Like most security cameras are pretty, the, pretty the, low. Yeah, they're pretty low quality. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty low quality. You have to spend too much money to get a, a good one. So most yeah, systems most, are pretty most cheap. Companies won't. We know right. that. And and it would be fair to say that a camera probably wouldn't pick up any of the detail the naked human eye would, you know, and w- w- within this kind of situation. So I kind of think that's what's happening. 
I mean, I, I mean, I'm not sure. Yeah, I talked was, about but. something along that, those lines on a previous episode about about how all matter has a certain frequency at which it vibrates, yeah. and the human eye can perceive a, a certain set range of frequencies. So, so if something looks like it disappears, it could be because somehow, some way, it it starts it starts vibrating either above or below that range of frequency which the human eye can perceive. Yeah, I would argue probably above because it's moving in one one area very quickly. And and at some point, you're just not going to be able to uh, pick that up with the naked human eye. So I think that's what might be happening in this one particular situation, but I don't know. You know, that's just my theory. You know, I noticed one thing, with the exception of this last story, that if you were to tell the, uh, the rest of these stories without mentioning the transparency of this entity, they sound like Bigfoot encounters. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, except for the, like I said, the rake stuff. Yeah, yeah except, you know, except for that one. Those are different, too. And the, you know, but, uh, and then, of course, the one when my friend was a kid, that sounded almost like a demon or a ghost, but it was like it was able to cloak its, it, its I, I don't know. Folks, that, that's all we got for tonight. Um, hopefully, we uh, didn't get any answers. You all just going to ponder and be weirded <laughs> out and freaked out for the rest of your lives. Well, anyways, folks, that's all the time we have for tonight, and uh, we thank you for listening. Be sure and tune in for our Q&As on Tuesdays. If you got any questions about the episode or any past episodes, you can ask those questions, and I'll just uh, sit there with a dumb look on my face and go, I don't know. Just kidding. I'll do my best to try to answer it. Thank you for listening, and uh, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.